Welcome to the Wrestling's Fake Right Podcast. My name is Gary Brown. I am your host, and this week we're going to have a short podcast just going over a couple of the major storylines that I'm following on WWE TV this week. Jumping right in, I'm going to talk about the biggest storyline development over the course of the night last Sunday at the pay-per-view Money in the Bank. And that is Alexa Bliss winning the opportunity for the Money in the Bank in the ladder match and then cashing that in later in the night, ruining the match for Ronda Rousey and Nia Jax in true heel fashion. And then she is able to capture the women's championship. This puts her in an elite group. Now, as she is a five-time women's champion, both from the women's side on SmackDown and now on the women's side on Raw. So, for me, this is truly amazing that WWE is, is putting this much gas in her tank, letting her run with it. It seemed like she was teetering in a place of uncertainty when she didn't have the belt. Um, it's a shame for Nia Jax to have such a short title reign, but she doesn't have the shortest title reign. I believe that belongs to Sasha Banks as far as the Raw Women's Championship goes. So, moving on, the next biggest storyline for me in WWE TV is obviously Braun Strowman. He wins the, la- the Money in the Bank ladder match, and he gets his opportunity now to challenge Brock Lesnar. That could be at SummerSlam. That could be at any Raw that Brock Lesnar actually decides to show up. Whenever it is, you can expect that the monster among men will be able to capture the belt. I don't think that there's an opportunity better for Braun Strowman than as soon as Brock Lesnar shows up at any television taping, at any pay-per-view and uh, he should cash it in immediately and, and get that belt. Moving on to a couple of other things throughout WWE TV this week. We're looking at a major storyline development for an underrated character by way of TV standards. And that is Rusev. He finally earns his first shot for the WWE Championship by winning the gauntlet match. If you asked me at the beginning of the night on SmackDown on Tuesday, who's going to win that gauntlet match? I mean, obviously, I'm, ha- I'm raising my hand and I'm saying Daniel Bryan. Anything that Daniel Bryan's a part of, you have to think that he's going to be the odds-on favorite. But the Bludgeon Brothers made sure that didn't happen. And Samoa Joe made sure that didn't happen. And a couple of other guys who were in that gauntlet match, you know, they, they – had good showing, but it was Rusev Day, as it will be Rusev Day, until he finally wins the WWE Championship. This match needs a little bit more fuel for me to really get into it, and with Extreme Rules being the next pay-per-view around the corner, I think that the build for this, you, you, gotta, you gotta tap into, these guys gotta hate each other. We gotta get them to hate each other. Uh, the crowd is always behind AJ Styles and the kind of ironic crowd that seems to dominate the WWE universe at live shows is 
behind Rusev. So you got to have a reason for one another to hate each other and for the audience to kind of pick a side. And that way you're going to be able to get the best result out of that match. I wonder what the stipulation is going to be. If I'm picking the stiff for this match, I'm probably going a chairs match just because it, it is the ultimate equalizer. And it's <sighs> chairs are, are what they're using now. Uh, and every other blunt object that, uh, that gets used, you're not doing any headshots. So it's not really going to do a whole lot of damage. Moving on, the next thing that I have to mention is that there were some releases this week from WWE. Uh, William Morrissey, a.k.a. Big Cass, was let go this week in kind of surprising fashion, but you know what? I didn't know where he was going to go. He lost at Money in the Bank, so what do you think they were going to do with him anyway? But it did seem like if you're going to put this much effort into this kind of character and having a big return and having him just return from injury and going up with Daniel Bryan doing a a shorter program but a significant feud as by way of SmackDown is concerned, you think that there's some a next level for him. You certainly wouldn't think that Baron Corbin – would outlast Big Cass after how over the guy is with Enzo as a tag team. We're talking just over a year ago, the hottest tag team in professional wrestling. Now he's let go. The second of note is Dana Brooke. Um, not much else to say there. Her, I guess the height of her WWE roster, main roster, status was when she was heel Charlotte Flair's peon and would kind of be the the one to get in her in the the real heater for Charlotte Flair um since then she's kind of been fledgling as a jobber and most recently she did have a significant role as the statistician for Titus Worldwide um there's just other women that, that are, are getting more shots, and Dana Brooke will find something else to do. So that's it for me on the WWE front uh, and the Wrestling's Fake Right podcast. The last thing that I want to cover today is I want to be able to give you the content that you so desire. If you want a review of Raw and SmackDown every week, I can provide that for you. If you want to have an intense dialogue about one storyline, we can do that. I brought Jason Zoblin on. Uh, a couple of times on the podcast, if you would like your opportunity to have a chat with me uh, and we'll put it on the podcast, you just let me know. I'm willing to have a 10, 15-minute chat with anybody about my favorite subject. I'm not pretending to be an expert on anything or being employed by WWE or having any inside knowledge whatsoever. I'm just a fan, excited about the product, and wanting to share about it. So if you want to uh, be a part of this little community, this little personal, small community, and want to make it a little bit bigger, then reach out. For this week, have a good one.